Greetings from Soundography, a crash course in music one festival at a time. I'm Brian Ibbett. And I am a mud skipper. <laughs> Are you Skippy? Are you Skippy the Mud Skipper? Yeah, I'm Skippy the Mud Skipper. Excellent. Uh, and uh, this is a uh, regular episode of Patreon that's going to going to kind of be bookended with a special Patreon episode. So if you're a patron, you're going to get both. If you are not a patron, this might be a good enticement to maybe uh, go check out what we have going over on the Patreon side of things. Uh, I'm Brian. Oh, we already said uh, who we are. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm still Brian. I'm, st- I'm still Hammond, but I'm still covered still- in mud. <laughs> As you probably guessed from the intro, we're not talking about a band this time. We're not talking about a year or even a style of music. We're talking about a music festival. And in this case, we're talking about Woodstock 94, a music festival that was held to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the original Woodstock, which was back in 1969. Uh, The tagline for the new one was even called uh, Two More Days of Peace and Music. Even though that's kind of a misnomer, it actually turned out to be three days, August 12th, 13th, and 14th in uh, 1994. As far as the location goes, it was hot and dry on day one. Uh, Then it started to rain, and then the field turned to mud. This is probably the thing that most people remember about Woodstock 94 is that it just basically was like one giant mud wrestling uh, match. And and now, uh, where were you in 94? What were you up to? I was working in Boulder at the software company. Oh, that's right. Um, that's where you I, learned all the words to hook. That's where I learned all the words to hook, exactly. <laughs> and that, that will come up again later on in the show. Uh, yeah, it was basically working there and, um, and the lineup of the show just did not pull enough interest for me to go and uh, even consider flying up there to the music festival. Well, it, 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 it didn't even, it, even though there are like five bands I really like, I didn't even yeah. pay for the pay-per-view because it was, it was expensive and I was in college yeah. and I was actually yeah. just about to graduate from college. So it was so, no, I had just graduated and it wasn't worth the the money to to do the pay per view. So I sat in front of MTV yeah. when I had time, but I, I it didn't that the crowds. I'm not a crowds guy. I'm no. I'm five no. six on a good day, and that crowd would have <laughs> dwarfed me, and I would have been. Yeah, you a need mess. you need front row basically if yeah. you're going to see a see a show, or even just not get uh, lost in the crowd because I, I I'm like you know most people are at least you know half a head if not a full head taller than I am, and right. I would be. Yeah bouncing around people's shoulders and not, it just wouldn't be fun. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what happened at Dragon Con. That's the way I was at Dragon Con. That's why I've never been back. I was terrified of the crowd. Well, and that's a terrifying crowd, <laughs> actually. <laughs> that's that's not just a crowd that happens to be so big it's terrifying. That crowd can, <laughs> can and is frequently terrifying. <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah, I mean, 25, I, I, I think um, it just, it, yeah, nothing just appealed to me about it. And, you know, in hindsight, I'm pretty sure I pretty feel pretty good that um, uh, that I don't regret yeah. not going to it, yeah. which is just fine. Let's see the uh, the site was about 70 miles away from the original Yazgur's farm. Uh, 164,000 tickets were sold. However, the attendance was about 350,000, so more than double that amount uh, just from people showing up. The problem was the area was set off by a single, a simple chain link fence and security just couldn't keep up with people who were coming in and out, climbing underneath it, climbing over it um, and monitoring that fence line. 
There were three confirmed deaths. Uh, 5,000 people were treated at the medical tents, probably a lot for heat exhaustion, of course, or, or a mud inhalation <laughs> or probably uh, ODing on something. And 800 people were treated uh, separately at hospitals. In the next one we talk about, the 99 one, they talk about how the Woodstock 69 film was made. And it presents mm-hmm. this very, very pristine, peace and love, wonderful view of the 69 Woodstock. But even that one was kind of a mess. And I have to admit that the MTV uh, packaging, the two-hour packaging that we watched for this one, does a very mm-hmm. similar thing mm-hmm. where it kind of makes the mud wacky. And it just was all just, you know, just <laughs> kids does. being kids. And yeah. it was all fun and games. And, and, and Well, you know... When you compare it to Woodstock '99, this yeah, was it, fun. It, it games. Yeah, like this yeah. was <laughs> Woodstock makes <laughs> happy times. Let's play in yeah. the mud. '99 makes Ultima look like '69. Yeah, yeah, kind of exactly. Right. Yeah, give me shelter. <laughs> so I will say though that on the first day, I made a point of of watching as much as I could because I was I was down to see Blues Traveler, of course. And sadly, I liked Jackal at the time. I mean, the guy played a tuned chainsaw. You couldn't not see that happen. Yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, that's awesome. Okay, I had yeah. no idea. Oh, jeez. Well, let's talk about the lineup because uh, it was a lot of bands. And, and as we go through these, uh, you know, obviously stop me as I'm going through these. I'll stop yep. myself yep. 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 if there's any bands that we want to talk about. Uh, Saturday, August 12th, started with Roguish Armament with Wreck. Uh, then Master of None, three, Futu Futu, Abba Rage, which I've never heard of, but I really I'd love it to be like a, um, a Rage Against the Machine, Abba. Abba Rage Against the Machine mashup. Yes, Abba, right. A Rage Against the Machine band covering Abba songs <laughs> or uh, style band. That, that's that's what I want it to be. Um, Lunch Meat, which is just a great band. I mean, this all feels like the Saturday Night Live, um, you know, <laughs> the listing of bands <laughs> people have never heard of. Uh, the Paul Luke Band, Peace Bomb, hey, I hear the Goats. The, wait, now we're getting. I hear the Goats are really them. popular with the kids. <laughs> oh, jeez! Wow, you've been sitting on. I that have one been. For I, yeah, I, ever since I wrote the notes, I've been waiting. I didn't even put it in there because I didn't want to give it away. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you did. Yes, I'm glad you did because I would have looked at it and just been ready for it and be like, "Let's go, let's do this." Actually, I've heard of the Goats. I want to say that I have a cover by the Goats of. Hey Joe by Jimi Hendrix. You're waiting for a joke, right? Kind You're waiting of, for like, but... like a joke of bar. This tin can yeah, is tasty yeah. <laughs> by yeah. Huffamoose, Orleans. And then uh, let's get to some bands that we've talked about. Blues Traveler, probably coming in. Let's see. You know, you start on Saturday at 8 a.m., 9 a.m. Like these bands are like, oh crap, I get the 9 a.m. on the first get the day. 10.30 spot. slot on Saturday. Right. People are... People are probably sleeping in, the ones who got there the night before. The other ones are still driving. They're on their way there. They're exhausted. Exactly. But according to looking at the video, uh, though, yeah, there was a huge crowd there for them. So it, it they filled in pretty quick. It was still daylight, according to the video. So it was... Yeah. Oh, yeah, so Traveler, it was still right? early to mid-afternoon, maybe, when they came on. Oh, I would say, yeah. Because if you start Roguish Armament at like 9 o'clock, I'm guessing about 45 minutes for each of these or so. I mean, let's see. How many... Oh, there's a lot of bands. Yeah, probably. Uh, I bet these bands are getting 30 to 45 yeah. minutes before you get to Blues Traveler. And then from there, it's um, it's going uh, much, much, uh, much more yeah. time. Uh, Blues Traveler, then Jackal. 
Uh, the singer Jesse James Dupree poured whiskey on the crowd. He smoked some weed, uh, lit a stool on fire, chopped it up with his chainsaw, and then started shooting a shotgun into the air. At some point, he cut his hand, and it was bad enough that security dragged him Yeah, he had to get treated. He was one of the people treated for the injury with his, with his oh, hand. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, so 4,999 treated at the medical tents for serious injuries, one self-inflicted chopping up a burning stool on stage injury. Well done. Uh, Delamitri, who, uh, as we record this, I'm going to see in about uh, six hours. Oh, wow. Uh, don't tell him, don't <laughs> yeah. tell him any of the things I said at the sh- when we covered him, okay? Okay, I promise. I promise not to. Yeah, Delamitri's opening up uh, and Semisonic are opening up for Bare Naked Ladies at Red Rocks. Uh, let's see how well the weather holds oh, gosh. up. <laughs> I remember the yeah. one of the years I saw Blues Traveler there, there's a lightning storm kind of over the stage. The entire time. And it was mm-hmm. the coolest thing. It, it's beautiful when you're not underneath yeah. it. Um, but when you're getting pummeled with it, oh my God, yep. it's the worst. Uh, Live, the band Live, another band that we've covered here on uh, Soundography. James, uh, King's X, band that I hope we cover someday <laughs> here on uh, Soundography. <laughs> but I'm bummed. Cheryl Crow, Collective Soul, Candlebox, and then closing out the night with the Violent Femmes. Band that I've seen uh, at uh, not, what was the other Lollapalooza? Mm. Saw them at Lollapalooza. Great, great performance from the Violent Femmes. Actually, I've seen Collective Soul too. Did they let your heaven? Did they let the uh, light shine down? They did, and then and then, uh, but it was December, so we all had nice. to run. Very good. That was two. That was nice, two and nice one. Work. Uh, for Rave Stock that night, they had Aphex Twin, D-Light, DJ Spooky, Doc Martin, Frankie Bones, Kevin Sodderson, Little Louis Vega, The Orb. What are, what are, the, what are the clouds like in uh, your part of the world? Uh, Orbital, Soul Slinger, and DJ Scotto. So, That's like a separate little tent. That they so had the Aphex there. Twins, their performance was turned off because he had signed the contract with a fake name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Oops. I wonder why. wonder... Uh, I wonder, wonder what made them decide to do that. Like, I don't know. Is Aphex Twin not? Do they sign it as Aphex Twin? <laughs> <laughs> Aphex. Hi, I'm Aphex J Twin. Nice to meet you. Uh, Sunday, uh, August thirteenth, they start off with uh, a, 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 I think the only performer looking. Oh no, yeah. I take that back. A yeah. couple of performers that that were in the original, but one of them, Joe Cocker, started off the day. Then Blind Melon. Cypress Hill. Today must have been the let's tie this into the past part of the show. Oh, yeah, totally. With yeah, Joe Cocker and then another yeah. band that uh, later later on. Uh, Cypress Hill, the Rollins band. I saw them at that very same Lollapalooza, uh, Henry Rollins band. Melissa Etheridge, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, another band that we've covered here on the show. Nine Inch Nails, we've covered them as well. Metallica, yep, them too. Aerosmith, oh, sorry, Aerosmith. <laughs> Wouldn't mind covering Aerosmith. There, there's a band that um, has had such a dynamic career in in style, music changes, and stuff. It would be yeah, fun to talk I, about. I would, it would be fun to listen all those back to back. They're, you know, going from Toys in the Attic all the way up to Pump yeah, and stuff like good. that. I'm in. Uh, on their south stage, they had uh, Ninad Bach, The Cranberries, Zucchero, Yusundur, the band featuring Hot Tuna, Bruce Hornsby, Roger McGuinn, Wob Was- Rob Wasserman, or Wob <laughs> Rosserman, and uh, Bob Weir. The uh, not, of course, not the original form of the band, but um, 
But really, you know, a lot of these people have played with the band anyway. So it was kind of a cool little, uh, little Yeah, combo. and remember when Bruce Hornsby was all the rage? I do. Yeah, it was all the rage. <laughs> Way. <laughs> Look at you. You're taking over my role. I don't need you in... Sorry, sorry. Yeah. If I see a dad joke that gets unpicked up on this show, I need to quickly grab it. I mean, you're it's playing like, in my yard. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> uh, then you had uh, Primus with Jerry Cantrell, another soundography subject, Salt and Peppa, and Vinks. Closing out with Vinks. Uh, Shannon Hoon, lead singer of Blind Melon, appeared to be on acid and was wearing his girlfriend's dress. And before Nine Inch Nails went on, they had been wrestling in the mud themselves and went on covered in mud. He admitted that it was done for the money to cover the cost of their current tour. Yeah, their performance of Happiness and Slavery won the best metal performance at the uh, 96 Grammys. Oh, wow. Cool. Look out, Jethro Tull. Uh, Joey Kramer, Joe Perry, and Steven Tyler from Aerosmith had all been at the original Woodstock, and uh, they went on right after Metallica. It was raining really, really hard when they went on. Also, I have to admit, it's probably, especially in 94, talk about a hard yeah. job to come on stage after Metallica. Yeah, I wonder, this is 94, which is really, um, this is kind of second generation level, not second generation, second coming yeah. of Aerosmith, because this is when they were having their huge MTV heyday. So if any band in this list could follow Metallica, it would be Aerosmith, but still, boy, you do that You do that today, and it's absolutely reversed. Metallica yeah. is well, closer. I felt bad for Ozzy. Sure. Ozzy even talked about going on after Metallica in the early days. He's like, it's hard to go on oh, really? stage after them. When, Primer, uh, when Primus played My Name is Mud, the crowd responded by, yeah, throwing mud at the band. Smart kids. Les Claypool ended the song and told the crowd, when you throw things on stage, it's a sign of small and insignificant genitalia. 20 years after the show, he claimed that there's still mud stuck in one of his base, ca- <laughs> uh, base cabinets. I believe it. I love I love that. Uh, <laughs> of course. Oh, Les Claypool, man. He's awesome. Monday. We get to Monday. Another band from the original uh, Woodstock, Country Joe McDonald, but without the fish. Followed by Sisters of Glory, Arrested Development, The Almond Brothers, Traffic. Spin Doctors. And I've had Chris Barron on Beyond the Playlist. I really like him. And I feel like they got treated like a, um, like a, even though they had two big, two really big hits. Um, three, so, maybe? Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. Pocket Full and, uh, Two Princes. And pocket Full of Princes. Yeah. Two Princes was the, yeah, that was but, the big one you right know, there. In my opinion, I know that's probably not an, of, an unpopular, it's an unpopular opinion, is I like their second album better. I need to listen to it. Yeah, it's, I really like it better. It's yeah. I feel like it's way more representative of them. That's cool. Uh, instead of just like, a, hey, let's churn yeah. out. You know, the label told us to churn yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, so in the go. first album, they felt like they're kind of the children of Blues Traveler and, and Dave Matthews. And yeah. in the in yeah. the second album, they're like, no, this is this is us. This is what we do. That's cool. Okay, gonna listen to it. Porno for Pyros. So um, there's your uh, what's his face, uh, Farrell. Uh, Jane's Addiction, yeah, Perry yeah. Farrell. Yeah, uh, dude right there. Bob Dylan, or as you put, Bob Dylan. <laughs> Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. <laughs> the Red Hot Chili Peppers and closing out, again, tough one to follow Red Hot Chili Peppers in 94, but Peter Gabriel, uh, who we also Didn't they covered. wear their light bulbs in 94? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. This was, uh, yeah, the, the, the MTV video that we watched, uh, Light bulbs and yeah. socks, I think, is what. Yeah, they were and in '99, he came out. Flea came out naked. 
Yeah, that's right. Guess which band would have been playing when I decided to go to the concession stand for some more hot dogs? <laughs> <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, Peter Gabriel is on later? Oh, okay. I better make sure yeah. I got a good spot for that. Yeah, got to go to the yeah. bathroom now because I'll be back for Peter Gabriel. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, then on their South Stage on uh, Monday, you got John Sebastian, whose uh, big hit was the theme to Welcome Back, Car- uh, Cotter. <laughs> Country Joe McDonald. So twice in one day. Country Joe made the rounds that day. Twice in one day. That's right. One yeah, just ran from one stage to the other. Gil Scott Heron, Womad, which was also a Peter Gabriel project that he That's was right. uh, part I of. So I guess that. he he played twice too, probably. Yeah, he played twice. I'm sure. Yeah, because Womad was all all him with folks like uh, Sinead O'Connor and um, the um, was it the the band that backed Paul Simon up the. Uh, Lady Smith, Black Mambazo. Uh, then Green Day, who you see a lot of in that video. As a matter of fact, uh, Mike Dern getting um, handled. Yeah. yeah, tackled by the security because they think they, he's, he had emergency <laughs> dental opera like surgery or something after yeah. that because they jacked him up so bad. So 4,998 <laughs> uh, kids uh, treated <laughs> You see how we're we're detectives. We're solving all these. We'll just, we'll just keep adjusting that number. Uh, Paul Rogers with Slash, Neil Sean from uh, Journey, Andy Frazier, and Jason Bonham. What a great lineup that is! But not quite the wreck. Oh, not the Wrecking Crew. What was it? The uh, what was Paul Rogers? So Bad Company was his big was his start. The Firm was that Paul I Rogers? Think so. I think yeah, that I was, think that's I think it. That yeah. was Paul Rogers. So I think. One or two of those guys might have been in the firm. Um, uh, Robert Palmer, I think, was also in the firm. Oh, Red White. Well, I'm thinking of something else here. Hold on a second. Paul Rogers. If I really want to get this uh, right, the bands that he was part of. Yeah, Bad Company. So the firm was Paul Rogers, Jimmy Page, Chris Slade, Tony Franklin. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of... Uh, because the firm had a song radioactive, and I'm thinking of Power Station with uh, oh, Robert okay. Palmer. All right. Yeah, that's that's where I was going with that. I'll Silly that up. It, no uh, one will ever know. Oh okay. no! Leave All it right. in. I don't care. Right. Leave it in. I'm, I'm fallible. <laughs> Let the people hear I'm fallible. Uh, the Neville Brothers, Santana. Okay, so yeah. how did? Th- so the Neville Brothers. <laughs> what do you? I'm trying to figure out how they got that. I'm trying to figure out how they got that time slot. And I'm trying yeah. to figure out why they're even on this list. South stage is way more of a, hey, if you don't like what's going on in the main stage, come over the the South stage and then go back. Although Green Day, Green Day, big in 94. First album was- Okay, so yeah. the Neville Brothers, was, if you're was, looking at it like TV slots, the Neville Brothers were up against Bob Dylan. Kind of, yeah, right, yeah. If if these things line up, if these things line up exactly, then yes. I, and I don't know how they, they lined up. I just exactly. I'm thinking about it as far as how yeah. it might have gone, and I'm just like they're up against Bob Dylan. I'm sorry, I'm not a Bob Dylan fan, but I think I would have gone to him before I saw the Neville Brothers. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, Neville Brothers should have been probably pre Womad. Yeah. You know, in, in the in the early part there. Uh, then you've got uh, Santana, who I think even performed at I the original. So. Yeah, Woodstock uh, with Eric. Okay, Gales. This proves that he's always been cool because this was a few years before he had that tune with Matchbox Twenty. So, yeah, oh, Santana's yeah. timeless. I would love to cover Santana sometime, but I have a feeling it'd probably be a two part. It would. I think it might have to be. He's released a lot yeah. of music, and that, you know, that uh, um, 
man, Black Magic Woman. You look at that early yeah, stuff. Uh, yeah, it's so good. Um, and always such a man, such a great performer. And then uh, closing out on the Monday stage, or the, I'm sorry, the South stage with uh, Jimmy Cliff's All Star Reggae Jam. So there you go. If you don't like, if you don't like Peter Gabriel, I guess you're coming over to the Reggae Jam again. If these things lined uh, up. Um, yeah. lined up. Uh, so let's, we mentioned about, uh, Mike Dirnt from Green Day. This is also after Billy Joe Armstrong started mud fight with the crowd. Apparently not listening to less playpools. <laughs> no, throwing things from the stage is one thing. Throwing things on gotcha. stage is something okay. else. Something yeah. totally different. I gotcha. Uh, Dylan did not play in 1969. He had been scheduled to play, but was in a car accident and, uh, declined. He was introduced uh, quote, we waited 25 years to hear this. Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Dylan. And he was yeah. also more than 90 minutes late. <laughs> 25 years <laughs> and 90 minutes late. Uh, and then uh, Green Day and Cypress Hill missed at least one day of Lollapalooza so they could perform at this. I didn't realize they were going simultaneously. Wow. Okay. Um Hammond, let's talk about people who were invited and missed. All right. So there was a rumor that Guns N' Roses were going to show up, but they didn't because they were having uh, band issues. But to to prove the band issues were real, Slash showed up anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny Johnny Cash, he was invited. He turned it down because he found out that he was not going on to be the, he wasn't going to be on the main stage. So Johnny didn't show up. Oh, wow. Uh, Allison Chains pulled out because Lane Staley had uh, ongoing drug issues. Nirvana pulled out because of Kurt Cobain's health. And sadly, he committed suicide four months before the show. So they wouldn't probably be able to make it anyway. Right. Oh, wow. No kidding. Uh, there was a direct-to-video release of the concert on VHS and Laserdisc. Uh, there was no DVD or Blu-ray, but it is on YouTube. We, we've talked about it. It's a very sanitized, very slick produced version of this, really giving only the highlights. Very much a hatchet job, too, on the editing. Like you go, you know, some bands you get an introduction, some bands even get to close out. But it's like sometimes it just goes abruptly from the last few seconds of a song getting cut off right into, hey, you know, the... uh, the fun at Woodstock 94 isn't just all about the mud and the bands. There's a lot of great vendors here too. This is supposed to sound totally improvised. It it was, it's, I will say, I think it's a very poorly done representation of the show, of the show. And it, it seems very much haphazard money grabby, like at the time. It does. But again, if you were thinking, if you were going to be doing, going to the, uh, the festival, hired for the festival to say, Hey, we want to be able to sell at the time a VHS of this thing. Uh, again, 94, really early on in media, yeah. uh, media formats. We, we want to be able to sell a VHS of this. Let's do a really well-produced thing about the event. It feels like nobody thought to do that because all they have are like the, the concert videos shot from, from the audience and from the side on the stage but really poorly, like not organized into any sort of real edited. Yeah, and, and, and I bet like you they it. wish they'd not been so thorough for 99 because there's lots of evidence of the problems yes. in 99. <laughs> exactly. It's like they learned their lesson for that in 1999. <laughs> but not yeah. much else. Um, and then yeah. Green Day released their set for Record Store Day uh, in 2019. And it, I guess it's kind of a cool thing that they did that. 
That's a really cool thing. Yeah, because that was a great, that whole set um, feels like it's almost in its entirety in that MTV thing. And uh, uh, it's great. What a great performance. Yeah. And that's when Green Day was at their, yeah. was at the Dookie Best right there. Right. <laughs> All right. So here's a question okay. for you, Hammond. Uh, you're, you uh, get to, um, you've been given a time machine, but it's a really crappy time machine that only lets you go back in time to um, this weekend in 1994. And you can only go back in time for three hours and then you're automatically going to get yanked back, uh, back forward in time to now. So it's like a little, like it's basically a, a time machine with a ticking timer on it that returns you back here after three hours. What day and band do you go? Oh, uh, it's easy. I'd go Sunday late afternoon, early evening and catch nine inch nails, Metallica and Aerosmith. That's a pretty good one. That's pretty good. I think I would do, you know, Futu Futu, Aberrage and Lunch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's what I would do. Uh, Depending on how things I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, trust that that the that things lined up perfectly for me to do this i would go on monday late afternoon uh go see bob dylan then run over to the other stage and hopefully see womad and green day <laughs> <laughs> and maybe paul rogers and then come back for peter gabriel whatever wherever my, whatever my 3 hours uh would have yeah. ran out on that but starting with bob dylan and then going over to the other stage hopefully seeing womad and green day cuz uh, Bob, seeing Bob Dylan live has been a bucket list item for me. Um, there, there's still a couple and <laughs> Rolling Stones, bless their hearts, still yeah. touring. I might get a chance to see the Rolling Stones. How many farewell tours have they been on? Uh, this is at least the fifth farewell tour. I look back at this and it's weird how in some ways it very much encapul- encapsulates 1994. I mean, you've got a yeah. lot of James, you've got Live, you've got Blues Traveler, you've got Blind Melon, you've got Cypress Hill. Mm-hmm. And those are like definitive early 90s bands. But then you've got these weird yeah. outliers sprinkled within, and I'm trying to figure out how they fit. Like, I love Metallica, but they were in between. They were in between the Black Album and Load, which was kind of a weird period of popularity for mm-hmm. them because the traditional fans had thought they'd sold out, and they were in that image change before Load when they got kind of weird and really people kind of had a problem with them. So I'm trying to figure out what they're doing there. Oh, right. Uh, Aerosmith right. was on a big upswing. That's fine. I just, and, and the fact mm-hmm. that Nine Inch Nails admitted they did it just to pay for the tour tells me that, you know, that that's, that's, that's something there. <laughs> it is. Yeah, exactly. Like they were like, they, they, maybe they saw the writing on the wall. This is just kind of a, you know, kind of somebody's money grab, Trent Reznor I'm talking about, uh, or, or they just felt like this wasn't their thing, but they did it just for the money. Um, so I have a, I have a, I, we'll bring this up in the other one because it was mentioned in the other one, sure. but I, I want to mention it here because I think it also seems relevant. Someone interviewed on the 99 one said that these were only done because the boomers were trying to reconnect with their own stuff. And it, it didn't work mm. out the same way because it's a different time with different crowd, different sensibilities, different music everything had changed and the boomers just didn't see that. Like the people who attended 69, I don't want to call it calling a boomers cause that's a, an offensive name, but yeah. Uh, yeah. That age well, bracket, that be. age bracket, that generation yeah. uh, was just trying to reconnect. And at the same time, looking to make a, a buck. How do you land on that yeah. argument? Yeah. When you see the lineup, it's hard not to, 
not to feel that way. If it was purely like a range of bands that were that were having their heyday in 1994 and just say, hey, we know you love these bands. We want to bring them to you. Here's a great place where you can see them all in one place. Um, the fact that they're saying, no, oh, we want Santana. Well, no, Santana is not a good example. We want Country Joe McDonald. We want John, John freaking Sebastian. Yeah, or Joe Cocker. Or, Joe Cocker. Uh, or Joe Cocker. That, that feels like it's, oh, yeah, okay, we're, we're, we're trying to, we want, we're doing this for ourselves. It, it's, it almost thing. feels like fake nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. Because they're trying to force the they're yeah, trying to force the nostalgia on to a generation that didn't have the nostalgia to begin with. Like they had John right. Popper do the national anthem, like Hendrix performance, you know, the kind of crazy psychedelic production. Yes, the and mm-hmm. and it's it's mm-hmm. just it's not the same because God love John Popper, but it's not a guitar you can set on fire, it's harmonica. And <laughs> and you're not gonna set a harmonica <laughs> right. on fire because you'll burn your lips. It's a little too small. Plus, most of the audience will miss it because yeah, it's so small. So it's just, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought a lot about that statement, and it definitely holds true for '99. I, I won't. I don't think there's any any argument that it holds true for '99. But this one, I wanted to have the conversation because I feel like it's. Well, you could go either way depending on how you look at the concert and the bands and kind of the outcome. Yeah, it, it's it. it um... I don't know. It just it just feels. I, I agree with you, man. It feels like a uh, like a money grab. And even if they'd done, and even if they'd aimed it at the people who'd gone to '69 or missed '69, and they only had bands mm-hmm. like surviving that yeah, were there yeah, the yeah, first so, time, and yeah. ones that missed it, and right. they're having a a Haiti like Aerosmith. You know, they didn't mm-hmm. perform. Aerosmith's a good they, example. Santana's yeah. a good example, right? Like, they and they could have yeah. brought them in, and then maybe on the other stage had unknown newer bands like throw James up there or Melissa Etheridge that's fine but on the main mm-hmm. stage you would relive the glory days of the original Woodstock that makes sense but this mm-hmm. hybrid seems really really weird it does uh, I mean okay there could uh, you know devil's advocate get here uh, advocate they yeah, could and that's why I'm asking that's yep. why I'm asking they could be saying hey here's here are bands that that these kids are unfamiliar with you know they've heard their parents talking about them they're here. They're they're kind of trapped. <laughs> they have to listen to these bands. This is our chance to say, all right, have a listen to these bands and see. Now you have a, a way to connect with your parents and say, all right, this, uh, uh, yeah, all right, this John Sebastian actually had some pretty good songs besides that Welcome Back Cotter theme or, <laughs> or oh, Country Joe McDonald still protesting the war. Wow, that's crazy. But, you know, that sort of thing. It's it's uh, They could have been doing it that way it's certainly possible, and that would be really that would Other be than really Santana cool. Santana and Crosby, Stills, and Nash, I would have thought they might have gone for uh, I'll say more recognizable names because, like, you and I know these because we're music nerds. But if I was sure. a kid, a twenty-five-year-old kid, nineteen ninety-four, I don't know if I would have known anyone outside of like Crosby. You know, I would know I would have known Crosby, Stills, and Nash. But who's who's yeah. Joe Cocker? to a twenty-five-year-old kid in college. Do you think it would have been a good idea or bad idea to do on the on the the second stage have have it just be bands who are at the original Woodstock? So on your main stage, you've got your Nine Inch Nails, your your Metallica, all those. But then the south stage is just um, it's the adult. It's the adult pool. It's the adult pool because I know you'd have you'd have a certain segment of the audience would be like, oh my god, this is great. I'm getting to relive. Woodstock. My mom's case, she'd be if she went, she'd be like, 
oh, this is cool. Like I'm getting to experience the Woodstock I didn't get to because I was yeah. pregnant. <laughs> or or even that, you could even add in bands that were at the Monterey Pop Festival, which was very similar, but the West Coast version. And they could have blended it right. and said, hey, this is the best of both worlds. We're getting new bands. And on the South Stage, uh, your parents, you can relive the days of, you know, the heyday of rock and roll in 1969 or whatever. Right. I, I just think this, yeah. the way it's set up now, it feels like it was way more, I'm cynical maybe, but this feels like it was way more business decision than nostalgia. Yeah, I, I feel like you're right. And speaking, yeah. it's too speaking bad. of business decisions. <laughs> yes, is it our business decision that we're going to be doing page, uh, Woodstock 99 yes. for the patrons? Yes, is that where you're leading? Yep. Nicely done. Nice segue. Uh, yeah, that is, uh, you know, it's, it's a way of uh, hopefully enticing you to try uh, the Patreon feed, even if you just give it a month, go listen to the stuff that we do over there. We give you a lot of extra content, the pre-show post-show stuff um, when it's relevant, music related. Get the move for the movies. We give you of bloopers, the movie clips, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you get, you get a lot of stuff over there for being a patron. And Brian's um, going to make and, a poker chip uh, of himself want, sometime this in the near future. Some, someday. Yes. I need to. So that you guys have a, a ham and chip and a Brian chip. Uh, for your Patreon ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so stay tuned for that. But there, you know, of course, we are going to be doing Woodstock 99, which had a couple recent, very heavy-duty documentaries, yeah. but big expose kind of documentaries. Uh, I've already watched one. I'm going to watch the second one that I didn't see in preparation for this, even though I know the content's going to be about the same. So I, I watched, I rewatched the HBO, yeah. the HBO, HBO. <laughs> I, I watched them. I guess it's this is this is what you get on the Patreon feed, I guess by the way. I guess it's HBO. I guess it's just Max now, which it's just which Max is dumb. Now, the yeah, most recognizable right. name in home entertainment, and they dropped it. Uh, agreed. I don't oh know what they gosh. were thinking, but uh, so anyway, yeah. on Max, yeah. they have the, the the like the feature length documentary film about ninety nine. And it does a good job of really hitting the high points and it makes one of the guys, the business manager guy, look like a complete scrotum. Uh, yes. Uh, that hippie, the hippie dude who was at the original one, right? No, no, oh. not him. He's He looks like an idiot. There's the business oh, guy. Oh, that's right. Yes, the guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I know exactly he what you're comes, He about. comes across like a giant scrotum. Mm -hmm. But there's more of him in the Netflix multi-parter, which makes me hate him even more. Okay, which... That's the one I need to still see. So I've seen the HB Woe <laughs> one. I need to watch that. It's not TV. It's HB Woe. Um. <laughs> so it's Netflix and Chill and, a and HBO and Bake. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Perfect. Well done. Uh, excellent. So that uh, look for that. Um, coming to... Uh, uh, coming to a, uh, a Patreon feed near you. In the meantime, we're going to be back here with another regular episode of, uh, of Soundography with a band, another band that I just saw in concert, uh, Crowded House. I'm excited and, and about that I, one. Up until the time I did the notes, only knew, I think, one or two of their songs. That blows my mind because I feel like that was still in our little crossover. It was, it was when world. I was starting to go. I mean, think about when that was. That was like the late 80s. So I was starting to already enter my path of heavier stuff. So mm -hmm. 86, 87, 88 is when I discovered the new wave of British heavy metal and thrash and all that kind of stuff. And I started drifting more to that direction. Uh, that's right mm -hmm. at the, I think that's the fork in the road is about the late 
mid to late 80s is when we started Drift. Wow. Well, this will be a fun one because even if you pick, and looking at this, you did pick a few of my favorite songs for your five songs. I don't care. I love this band so much that I could pick the 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 200 deepest cuts on their albums. And I'd I kind of figured I would have um, nailed a few of them just because I, I, yeah. since I was learning. Number, number one, number two, and number four. Uh, but that's all right. Dude, this is great. I mean, plus I have a lot to say about some of these songs that uh, that may not have been uh, may not have been in the you know the articles and the notes that you looked yeah. up yeah. for them. So a little bit yeah. of surprising kind of stuff, hopefully. And then just yeah. looking ahead, we have Kiss, which oh, wow. I feel like Generation X should have been called the Kiss Generation because I don't think I've ever met anyone from our generation that doesn't know one Kiss song all the way through. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. But this was another band, boy, talking about 1994, I'm kind of surprised Kiss wasn't invited because this, again, would have been during that, hey, look, our makeup's off yeah. uh, time period. Well, they, they, was, they, they did I Hot think? in the Shade in 94, I think. I think it's one, one what was it? Not One Time yeah. in the Shade, that's the musical. Um, oh, Revenge would have come out and then Psycho Circus was just a couple years later. So, and then Alive 3. So, I mean, it's, it's they were they were having a moment. So, they were having yeah. a moment. So this was, you know, so them not being part of uh, um, Woodstock is kind probably, of a surprise. Yeah, the Kiss My Ass tour is and what they were probably, on. I would uh, probably say it's because of uh, they weren't going to be featured. Like it, they were going to have to sh- be sharing. Oh, yeah. What? Do you feel like Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley would have been upset? Yeah. And like, I don't, I don't see <laughs> them sharing very it? well. <laughs> They're the only children of rock and roll. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. The spoiled, the, the, the whiny, uh, whiny stepchildren of rock and roll. But then we got 311, which actually my wife went to high school and knew some of them because she was in Omaha. Really? Yeah. Like their drummer dated one of my wife's best friends. Which Peanut. drummer? Peanut. <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, that's yeah. crazy. Wow. And then we got They Might Be Giants, then Linkin Park. And they oh, might be giants be is dense. I had no idea. Yeah. They're a dense, dense group. And they're yeah, releasing children's it. albums and children's books. And oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's going to be, that's going to be a heavy, that not heavy. It's so yeah. light yeah, and fun, fluffy. fluffy, but it's going to be a long, long library yeah. to get through. There's a lot yeah, of content. It is. So it makes me happy that uh, we have these right. two I'm where I don't have to do a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely works. Well, good. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of Soundography. If you want to get in touch with us, we encourage you to email us. You can email us at soundographypodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Soundography. Visit our website, soundography.com, where you'll find all of our previous episodes, each one containing show notes that have links to where you can listen to our playlists on Spotify. Uh, not for this episode. Go listen to that. You know, I'll link to the uh, video, of course, uh, from uh, Mm -hmm. MTV uh, on YouTube. Uh, Also, you'll find on regular other episodes, you'll find links to buy songs and you'll find a place to support us on Patreon. Remember, if you want to get part two of this episode, which is Woodstock 99 and all the fun therein, (laughs) uh, make sure to subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash soundography. If you love the show, leave a review where people find it. Uh, bathroom walls, uh, but also online, places like Spotify, uh, Apple Music, places like that. We will be back uh, next week with an episode all about Crowded House. Until then, 
This is Brian Ibbett for Hammond Chamberlain saying, for Hammond Chamberlain, this is Brian Ibbett saying <laughs> thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Soundography. I'm leaving all that in. <laughs> Please do. My God. 